Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of the Severe MMA podcast. And this week is a special podcast. Uh, it's the state of the UFC address by myself and Graham. So what we're basically going to do is go through each UFC division, uh, division by division. I said division about 15 times there, but division. Uh, and talk about them, see how they line up. Um, and just basically have a, have a chat about them. Before we get started, shout out to Zane Simon for his excellent list over on bloodyelbow.com, which we will be using throughout this. So shout out to Zane. I very much appreciate that. Uh, and it's uh, it's good for everyone to use. So, so uh, please do do that. This is obviously going to be up for our Patreon viewers and listeners before everyone else uh but it's going to be up as the normal podcast as well obviously you're listening to it now so uh in future it's going to be only up on patreon it's a patreon exclusive but for this month uh we um we decided to bring it to everyone so they can have a, a sample of it it's going to be probably every month every six weeks when we get around to it so yeah that's about it graham how are things how are you how was your how was your weekend we're here on saturday now recording this saturday evening uh any news with you Ah no, not really. I, I didn't get much sleep last night for, for some reason. I just couldn't get back to sleep at about half five. But uh, yeah, besides that, I'm good. Were you out in the sauce? You were. I was. Yeah, I, I only I went to bed about half two, and I woke up and couldn't get back to sleep at half five. So uh, three hours isn't too bad, I suppose. Didn't no, didn't. Should we just get straight into this? So as we're as we're here, we were talking about the the UFC and talking talking shite basically with this uh are you excited for this uh, breakdown of the whole ufc in division by division fighter by fighter basically uh wouldn't say i'm excited but uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> i feel like it's it's a necessary thing because we kind of do it each week on the show anyway but for like maybe a bit of a division or you know, not every division altogether, and it's interesting to see where the UFC is from. I suppose we'll start off before we get into the actual divisions themselves by looking at the UFC overall. And I suppose this, and I get you in a second. My my thoughts on the whole UFC overall is we're kind of in a state of flux at the moment in the UFC. Like whether it be the the television uh, deal, whether it be weight cutting, whether it be championships, it seems like everything is kind of in a state of movement. Obviously, you know, the TV deal is coming up uh, next year, I believe, but the, the bids are going in at the moment. So there's talks of NBC and ESPN. Uh, the, you know, the deal for us over here in Ireland and the UK is going to be changing as well or maybe staying the same, we don't know. So that's kind of uh, a big thing, whether it's going to be going online as well is another big thing and whether Fight Pass will stay like it is, you know, weight cutting, as I mentioned, you know, there's a great article over on Shardog the other day about how the, the earlier uh, weigh-ins are kind of not working and should we revert back to them? Should we just get rid of weight cutting altogether, as I've kind of spoken about? And the championships as well, which we're obviously going to get to here, but, you know, even look at the likes of, you know, McGregor is out at the moment. There was an interim title. Woodley, there's an interim title in that division. Middleweight was kind of a mess for a while. Light heavyweight. It, it, Daniel Cormier has gone up the fight steep and in it's holding up the heavyweight as well. Dimitri Johnson has been injured. The women's divisions haven't been moving at all recently. It seems like it's just the UFC is kind of in a mess at the moment. If we were to say a state of the UFC, would a mess be the right word, Graham? Yeah, but I think it's usually it's usually in <laughs> most of the time it's like this. It is everything's up in the air, and uh, when things change, and maybe they aren't taught through that that well. Like this weight cutting thing, I think everybody had good intentions of making the weight cuts early, the weight cut um, weigh in window earlier. 
but it so people wouldn't be walking around dehydrated all day waiting for the 3 p.m. or wherever it was but it doesn't seem to have worked and i don't see why they just don't open the window for longer it seems like a simple uh, explanation but maybe if they did do that maybe would other problems would arise that are unforeseen and um yeah i think maybe whoever wrote that article on sure dog i actually didn't read that but um I think going back to the old weigh-ins or just having the option of both where you can just weigh in that the whole morning and afternoon is, is a solution to that. But uh, in MMA, it takes ages to get anything done. Like there was talk, there's been talk for years and years of the, the 10-9 system and they finally changed it a bit to make, make more 10-8s. But you, see, you, you still have to, there's still a, a problem where you can squeak around 10-9 and then you can win around comprehensively 10-9 but it isn't a 10-8 and there's still that kind of problem it's still not uh, solved but we've taken the the commissions and the UC and stuff of uh, other promotions as well have taken steps to kind of try and help that but everything's slow moving in MMA and nothing nothing gets done fast yeah I think the, the judging and the ref, well, maybe not the refereeing, but definitely the judging has improved over the last few years. I think even, and I, I see that most, I suppose, when I'm doing the, the end of the year awards and we're looking for kind of robbery of the year, and it's very hard to find that many robberies, you know, whereas before it, it used to be kind of, maybe there was a robbery on every event or every second event, or, or maybe not a robbery, but a, a bad decision one we question. Whereas now, I don't think it is as much. You can, you, I think people understand, well, maybe they don't understand it, but I think the people who do understand the way fights are scored have a better understanding of how they're actually scored. I think it's, uh, I think it's more clear now. If you go and look and talk to people, talk to judges and stuff about it, I think it's clearer how fights should be scored and how they are scored. Now we all have different opinions. There's lots of obviously MMA is very close and stuff, and the judging isn't perfect. Um, and when I say judging, I mean the way fights are judged. You know, the, the criteria for judging. But overall, I think judging is actually has actually improved an awful lot. Officiating, the the referees in MMA have such a hard job. It's it's almost impossible to be great at it, and that's why there's so few actual great referees. And I think that's that's something which can be improved by you know by people like Big John and maybe Mark Goddard or this side of the the world uh, educating people and and uh, training new referees and stuff. But I think you just have to be one of those special kind of people who do that. You have to have a lot of martial arts experience and stuff. And a lot of those people won't do it because, you know, it's it's not a well-paying job. It's not something that's going to, you know, that's going to be sustainable, really, for, for most people, you know. But overall, I, I think... That side of the the the, the score we're improving there obviously is the the whole mess with the judging criteria in the old and new rules which people don't seem to understand. I wrote an article about it uh, a couple of uh, a couple of months ago, I suppose, at this stage where one or two of the the commissions are still using the old criteria uh, for judging. But that's separate from the old and new rules in the cage. And people seem to conflate those things, especially Joe Rogan and the commentary and stuff where he says, you know, we're the old rules, so it's the old scoring. When in, actually in most places, it's not. Uh, Texas have the old rules and the old scoring, but other places um, have basically the the, uh, the old rules, but the new scoring and pe places like Nevada have the, the new scoring with the old rules, but don't say it. they have the new scoring with the old rules because they don't want to say that outright basically when i asked them because uh, it has to go through congress and stuff so it's just that sort of side of it i think the commission side of it and stuff is still is still pretty much a mess but uh the, the officiating themselves is not and what, what do you think about that Graham? and i suppose to bring that on to to the, the whole uh 
the whole drug thing as well. And I know we'll get into John Jones when we're talking about the um, the uh, light heavyweight division. What do you think of the state of kind of USADA and how that is at the UFC in the moment? Um, well, who was it? Junior DeSantos, uh, Nog, and somebody else um, recently got the USADA agreed that they had taken a contaminated supplement and gave them a reduced uh, a reduced ban. So, like, maybe they should, maybe USADA should stop coming out when. Okay, they, they don't come out and say some guys failed the drug test. They say, they say, USAD has notified whatever fighter's name is that they that there's like some potentially failed, yeah, potential, I, yeah. But you know, everybody kind of takes that as oh, they're they're juicing, they've done something, something, and maybe they need to be more more sure about stuff. But it's also very hard to to prove intent and stuff. And fighters and coaches and people like that will will try to find a supplement that's contaminated in order to with the thing in it to, in order to get them off so it's hard to know it's it's very hard to believe these guys when so many sh- like stupid stories have been come up with and so many like blatant lies have been told from different fighters about uh, how they end up failing drug tests so it's a very yeah, tricky 100%. process it's like the the doctors are trying to beat the the tests and the the tests are trying to are trying to keep up with the with the latest drugs and stuff in in all sports and it's a, it's a battle in all sports, you know. It's not just MMA. It's it's. Uh, I think like in in soccer and stuff, they don't really talk about it at all. But it's it's in sports that it is talked about in. It's it's a, it's very messy. So I don't think it's a UFC thing. I think the the whole doping or the whole uh, testing for doping and anti-doping testing by USADA and WADA and all the other things is it's just a very difficult process to get right uh, and to prove conclusively. Yeah, 100%. And, and we're lucky actually to mention Bloody Elbow again that we have someone like Ian Kidd who covers this so well. And it, this is a thing that most people just can't cover, don't have the expertise to cover, don't have the time to cover. Like, we, we couldn't do that. We couldn't cover it as well as he does. And it's great to have someone like him there covering it. So, you know, if you're listening to this, and please go over and follow Ian Kidd. He does such a, a great job over in the Three Amigos podcast as well with Crooklyn and, and uh, Mookie Alexander, even. I can't say his name. But uh, so I, I urge you to listen to that podcast and read uh, read Ian's work. Uh, but yeah, let, let's get into it. Um, and uh, before we get into it, if anyone has any questions for the next edition of this or any suggestions or anything, please send them over to us at SevereMedPod, SevereMedPodcast at gmail.com. If you're on Patreon, go over and post on our wall there in the community. We always, uh, we're always up for, for suggestions and stuff. So what we're going to do here is we're going to get into uh, the divisions and we're going to go in this order we're going to go from heavyweight down to welterweight first then we're going to do the women's divisions and then we're going to go up from the bottom from flyweight up so we're going to end on uh, a lightweight which is probably the most exciting division so stick around for that so let's get the heavyweight first Graham overall the state of the heavyweight division with Daniel Cormier due to fight Stipe Miocic coming up at, I believe, UFC uh, 2-6 this summer. How would you say that the state of the heavyweight division is overall? Um, it's probably the most stable it's been uh, ever, nearly, with Stipe reigning for the longest he's ever uh, heavyweight champion's ever reigned. But there isn't that much excitement around it like there used to be the, like it used to be the heavyweight was kind of the division that would get the the casual fans excited but it doesn't seem to really be that way anymore like you, you, people used to love a kind of people still do love a big heavyweight fight but i don't know the, the, there's no real rivalries in there that are that are ongoing or brewing like you know frank Mir, brock lesnar really rumbled on and it was it was it was great crack like all the build up and all the talk and even like 
Brock Lesnar in, in general, just like that, that I think it was countdown to UC 100 or whatever it was, and he he was watching Mazik was it Steve Mazikali, and he's like, oh, I'll knock the fucking mustache off his face next time I see him for not for letting for when he's like, I'm tapping away, I'm tapping away, like let me go. Like there's no like kind of characters that are that are battling each other at, that makes it exciting for for people. And Cormier coming in, if he wins, then Cain Velasquez, like what what happens with him? It, Maybe maybe Daniel Cormier will just give up the, the heavyweight belt straight away, but that kind of puts the division into into flux again then and it goes from the most stable it's been to, to no champion. So that would be a bit of a bit of a mess. But I don't think it really matters. The belt is you know, the belts aren't that important. They're really at the end of the day, you just want to see the, the best fighters fight the best fight the, the fight each other and the best styles and all that. So <laughs> it's it, in one way it's been, it's the most stable it's ever been because of the belt, but Really, there's not much going on there. If you really like, there isn't nothing that excites me, really. Yeah, Federal or uh, heavyweight kind of reminds me of middleweight a few years ago when Anderson Silva was there. When there was always, you know, the the Rockholds and the Weidmans kind of coming up, or, or whoever else was was around at that time, where it was strong up near the top, maybe five, and then after that, it fell off quickly. I, I think that's what heavyweight is kind of like now and it has that stability as well i know anderson silver reigned for what 12 13 fights or whatever it was in a row but at heavyweight you know steep as three in a row or whatever it is is <laughs> is as good as that because that's that's the uh, the longest you're going to get and i think it is actually in fact the longest uh it is at the moment but you do have the likes of francis Ngannou and Derek lewis there, and i know francis just lost uh, too steep, uh, but you have the two those guys fighting coming up here at a uh, at UFC uh, two two five uh, or UFC two two six. Sorry, coming up uh, the, the, yeah. the fight that um, that uh, DC and Francis are going to fight at. You've Curtis Blades versus Alistair Overing coming up at UFC two two five. Blades has won five in a row. Basically, his one was chalked off for a no contest uh, for uh, for smoking a bit of the green. But those, even if you look at those, what six guys there. It's that's kind of a, I know I know a couple of them has, have lost for titles yeah. uh, pretty pretty regularly, but you know when people you know when people are asking about a title shot for Volkov that the, the division isn't in a great yeah. state like, but like not nothing against Volkov, but it just shows that the kind of they need fresh matchups for Stipe or people, the fans want them and they're they're clutching at straws <laughs> asking like we've had a good few questions about Volkov uh, the yeah. last few weeks like it's it's I'm I was, I was always surprised that people. Maybe people didn't, haven't seen him that often. They think he's kind of new up and comer, but he isn't. He's been around forever. So, yeah, uh, yeah the 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 Lewis and um, and and, and fight is. If Lewis wins, are people really going to get excited about Lewis and, and Stipe or or Cormier? I think they will. I think they will. I think people like Derek Lewis, but I know he's not a good fighter or anything like that. But the people get I mean, very though, excited about. Him. You know the way people used to get excited, like casual fans used to get excited about big heavyweight main yeah. events. You know, like Cain Velasquez, like Carwin. Like people were really like friends of mine who don't even watch MMA were talking about Carwin. Oh, he knocks everybody out in the first round. You know, there's no guy. Engano kind of had that, but they put him in too early, as we kind of we kind of said it was probably too early. Like you know, they they could have given him a while longer, and maybe if he had had a while longer and he had went in there and even lost to Stipe closer, then people will be more interested in the rematch and kind of like, oh, well, if he gets him again, he, he maybe he can get him this time, you know, but it, I don't really see that, how people are look, searching around being like, well, what about Volkov? You know, what about Curtis Blades? It's like, it's all, they're good matchups, but they're not excited, exciting to me or I don't think they're exciting to casuals. 
Yeah, they're definitely not exciting the casuals. It's it's not a division that's going to enthrall the casuals at the moment, apart from maybe the the title fight, which which is is there, which we'll we'll get to in a second. But uh, you know, a few more guys I think worth mentioning. Ty Tuivasa is coming up. He's fighting uh, Andre Arlovski coming up at UFC two two five. He has been uh, he has been pretty pretty good uh, recently. You know, as you mentioned, there Junior dos Santos is coming back from from this uh this layoff due to due to that suspension josh which barnett will be coming back be as well, josh barnett coming back soon too verdum hasn't fought well he, he fought at ufc london there recently he's a couple of wins now uh as, as well oh, he lost at ufc london. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lost. yeah so yeah i take that back but maybe he could they could put him in against junior or something like that so it's kind of coming i think it's kind of coming to to a crescendo what, what what do you think of that title fight though between dc and steeper you know you were kind of say, saying that the the you know, you're, they're looking for challenges for Stipe. Do you think it's the right decision to do that, to look for the challenge? I suppose DC's in the same place as we move down to light everywhere. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't dislike it anyway. Like, it's, I'm going to be hyped for the fight. I, I've, I'd probably be leaning towards Cormier to win, and it's going to cause a bit of... It's going to cause him to make a, have to make a decision about Cain Velasquez, and, like, Cain Velasquez definitely can't make uh, light heavyweight. Uh, I, I don't think. So, I don't think they're going to fight each other. So, I, I think... If he is to win, he's going to just drop the belt straight away. Unless Kane is just re-injured for a lengthy period of time, he might hold on to it for a little while. But I, mm, I don't know. It's, uh, I suppose if John Jones is going to come back, it all depends on what happens with John Jones. Like really, mm-hmm. what he should do. But the Kane Velasquez thing, he should probably just ignore that and just stay at, at heavyweight if, if if he does win. But I doubt he will because you know, they're mates and he can make the same amount of money, probably similar amounts of money anyway, fighting fighting down at, at light heavyweight but it's a tough one for Cormier it's a tough one for Cormier if he does win but it's a good problem to have <laughs> well I have two belts what do I do now <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true I like the Ken Velasquez thing is the big conundrum there I think because I, I think DC would stay at heavyweight if he won the belt normally because I, I he struggles badly we've seen it before to get to uh, to 205 mm. and the only reason he went down there is because of of Ken Velasquez so it's that's going to be another conundrum for him you know Ken looks like he's coming back uh, pretty soon I always thought they should get him on that UFC 226 card and build that up if Stipe wins have Kane there ready to fight next so maybe that is something you know they will do maybe Verdum is the man to fight on to fight Kane on that card you know still a, a good bit to go on until that gets finalized so maybe that is uh, an option but yeah I think I think the Stipe DC fight was the right fight to make a time you know as we we're saying there a second ago there, there isn't really anyone sticking out in either division to fight him you know after Francis and you know Gustafson was injured as well and he's only coming back so I think yeah I think it was the right decision to make and um, I suppose on our next episode or our two episodes down the line we'll be able to talk about what's next after that fight happens so that's an intriguing one uh, to look at and then light heavyweight as you mentioned there <clears throat> you know there's always the shadow of John Jones on that division, but now with Carmier moving up to heavyweight, it there's kind of there isn't that shadow still there, but it's it's kind of dwindling a bit. You know, it's a bit like Back to the Future, your man kind of disappearing <laughs> from the <laughs> disappearing from the picture. And you know, I, I tweeted there the other day that in, in 2030 it's going to be Gustafson, uh, Jones, and Carmier just fighting it out, talking about <laughs> talking about the light heavyweight division. And now it's only Gustafson there, really, with no one else kind of sticking out. You know, Glover Teixeira, um, <clears throat> he's, he's won two in a row, but he lost. Uh, you know, he lost to Jones, he lost to Gustafson. Uh, 
Um, Latifi has, has beaten OSP and uh, Tyson Pedro. He's won two in a row. He's sticking out there. Shogun has won three in a row with, with Volante. And he beat Beeston and Little Nog as well. But that division... That division is just dead at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it actually needs the the fake retirement of Anthony Rommel Johnson to end. It, it, it really does. It does, and it needs a, a Gustafsson to just get back in there and fight. He just has disappeared off the off the radar, and he's he's very unlucky. His couple of really close decision losses to Jones and, and Cormier, and uh, obviously Rumble um, Rumble knocked him out, didn't he? He yeah. killed him, but. Rumble's vicious, like you know. Rumble had had Cormier all over the place, and, and he's he, you see what he's done to many many a man uh, all through the weights. He, he's vicious, so you can if you getting caught by him is it can happen out there. But Gustafsson, Gustafsson coming back and fighting semi regularly, and the return of Rumble is badly needed. Or some new blood, I know Ustamir is kind of new blood, but I think they gave him the shot too early as well. Kind of the same as the the heavyweight division. They're, they pushing these. They're so they're, they need contenders so badly that they're pushing these guys into title shots a little too quickly. I think. Yeah, it's the division is in such an odd place. I'm just looking at, at the Zane Simon's list here, and you know, nearly as many people are fucking banned by Usada as they are <laughs> uh, booked for fights coming up here. So it's, you know, it's it's such it's a division right that you can't really say too much about because there's nothing happening in it. You know, a few of the fights here coming up. OSP is fighting Tyson Pedro at UFC Singapore, which is a. Uh, which is a, a pretty good fight. Uh, you know, we've guys like Tom Tom Lawler suspended, Little Nog is suspended, although he might be coming back uh, pretty pretty soon here. Uh, Anthony Smith is fighting Rashad Evans, who's coming back uh, up there. Gokan Saki against Khalil Roundtree should be... Uh, I, I was wondering if you're going to mention the, the media's hero, uh, Gokan oh, Saki. What a performance. Amazing. Unbelievably brilliant. Did you not see that? Unbelievable. <laughs> he got really tired and like a guy walked into a punch. It was brilliant. He's he's so horrendous, like he's so bad. Like Khalil Roundtree's gonna beat him. The betting on that, do you remember what's supposed to happen before and it fell out? I was like, he was favored, I think, to beat Khalil Roundtree. I'm like, what what are they talking about? Khalil Roundtree's a pretty good fighter, like that's you know, that's just that's just not happening, I don't think, but it's it's very odd. But I suppose, uh, you know, as I mentioned, the, the next show we might know what's happening with John Jones. What is actually happening with John Jones? Didn't they say that the um, the 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 statements was supposed to be coming up or the what, what am I saying you said a hearing is supposed to be coming up or I thought they said April but maybe they said May early May or something like that so do you have any idea what's going to happen with him do you think it's going to be we, I know we talked about this before but it's, pro, it's probably going to be four years isn't it yeah, like if it was anybody else if it wasn't John Jones and it wasn't he wasn't a, a money maker it would be guaranteed four years I think uh, I think it's probably going to be four years anyway um I think John Jones has just pushed it too far too many times uh, with the commissions and with, but you never know. In MMA, like these 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 hearings are are bedlam. Like anything can happen. Like you know, uh, like fucking love making music can be played through the speakers and nobody can stop it. Like you know, anything could happen. What, what song was that again? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was like <laughs> Marvin Gaye or something playing. I can't remember. Like nobody, they didn't know how to stop it. It was just playing the whole time. Like. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was some fucking ridiculous <laughs> song, like yeah, that was, you know. And, and they had like the last one. They had like a fan like come in and be like, oh, "I love John Jones. He's great." Like, and it was like, "All right, mate." That was that was a commission dance, but I suppose yeah, the commissions are are just a job. I know, but the, all these kind of things are just, are just mad. Like, and um, yeah. I think though John Jones has has used up all of his uh, his uh, goodwill. <laughs> yeah, he's used, he's he's used all of his. He's used all of his get out of jail free cards, <laughs> literally. Yeah, at this I, think, oh, yeah. I think he's looking at four years. He'd be he'd be lucky to get anything less than four years. I think. 
yeah, I agree with that. Uh, let's get to middleweight. And I suppose middleweight reminds me a little bit of, of featherweight in that it's kind of just breaking through uh, from a mire of oldness. It was in there for a while. <laughs> uh, it, you know, we had Bisping as the champion for ages. Then GSP beat him uh, and uh, and gave up his title. Robert Whitaker was the interim champion. And now he is the full champion. And he is going to be fighting Yoel Romero, who beat Luke Rockhold there recently. They're going to be fighting at UFC 225. Uh, coming up and that's kind of I know we've seen that fight before but I suppose it is a good fight to kind of move on with that division isn't it and get to all those new contenders coming up yeah I think so I think um, yeah I think as you say it's kind of an old division I'm just looking at the the rankings now I'm looking at Zane Simon's uh, UFC roster list legend UFC roster and there isn't much there like you know David Branch is ranked 8 Brunson 7 Bisbing 6 the, the top guys are go, are very good, like Whitaker, Romero, Sousa, and then Rockhold and Weidman are kind of. There's a few questions around them, and then there's a kind of Gastelum. There's a few questions around him. He kind of has weight problems. He, he does. He doesn't. Sometimes he, when he's when he's interested, he's he's very, he can be very good, but sometimes he, he he's slack on his diet and stuff. So you see hopefully he can keep sorting that out and i think he's a good prospect uh out of out of the kind of chasing and pack but he's fighting jackra he's fighting jackra as well in two yeah. weeks time so that's an interesting one isn't it yeah i think he'll be taking that one seriously like if, if he doesn't take that one seriously then he, he, you can you can forget about him becoming a top prospect in the future if you can't get up for, for a fight like that like then i, I don't know if you're ever going to be able to sort that out yeah, so that's that's obviously a very interesting one because you'd think the winner of that might be the next in line for a for a title. Obviously, Jacare has won; uh, he won there recently against uh, Derek Brunson in January. So that's good for him. You know, he's a guy who hasn't been fighting that much over the last uh, couple of years, or, or setbacks, or, or getting a few setbacks when he has fought. Uh, so if he could get two in a row, I think they, you know, that that fight with. Um, you know, a fight with either of those two guys of now we've seen before could be could be something we uh you know we do see uh you know later on this year. But you know, that division isn't one as well where there's a lot of kind of old guys there, you know. Belfort, Zitor, Vitor Belfort and Leona Machida are fighting up uh, fighting coming up here as well at UFC 224 in the next uh, in the next couple of weeks Talis Leitis against Jack Manson is on that as well mm. uh, you know and, and you know Brad Morris is in the top 10 at the moment on the UFC rankings mm-hmm. number 10 like Vitor's Fought number 9 week, yeah. yeah Vitor's number 9 Branch is number, number 8 and there's not much depth there like you know coming in at 15 is is Paulo Costa and then uh, joint 13 is Thiago Santos and uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. and then Machida's at 12 and Uriah Hall at 11. That's, mm-hmm. There's not much there. There's not, nothing new there that's exo- that's exciting. That looks You never know when people are going to turn corners and maybe they can put it together um, in the future, but it, none of them are really showing us that they're going to that are looking like um, improving and becoming real stars. But you never, that, know, you yeah. never know who's around the corner, I suppose. Yeah. I think there's a couple of guys. I think um, Paulo Costa, as you mentioned there, he's a guy that, that could... Uh, that could turn the corner and, and become, you know, become a, a very good fighter. You know, he has won... What has he won, like, 11 in a row now, I think he is. He beat Johnny Hendricks. He's 11 and 0. And he's, he, he, you know, he's, uh, his career beat Johnny Hendricks. Johnny Hendricks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> did the ghost of Johnny Hendricks uh, recently. And he's a fight <laughs> coming up against Uriah Hall at UFC 2 today. So that should be good. And your boy is on. Well, my boy, Israel Adesanya. I know he's not up towards that level yet. And, he, you know, he's not the best performance you're ever going to see. 
uh, in his in his last performance, but he's still uh, you know very good fighters undefeated as well, I believe, and and Tom Breeze as well fighting coming up at UFC Liverpool against Dan Kelly. You know that's a big kind of it could be a moving fight for him. I think a lot of people believe in in Tom Breeze and his ability, although he's had a few setbacks as well, like everyone. But the three lads there, I think maybe could make a move and give it a bit of uh, give it, uh, give a bit of new light to that division. Yeah, I think it's kind of similar to Bektich with Tom Breeze that he just keeps getting injured and he just can't stop getting injured. Like um. It become it really becomes a problem. Um, some guys are just like even in like other sports, some guys are just injury prone, and some guys are lucky and just never get injured. And Tom Brees seems to be one of these guys that gets injured uh, regularly. Um, it, it's you never know. Like people can get over it, but if it, like if, if yeah, I don't know, I don't know how. Okay, maybe not making welter making welterweight anymore will allow Tom Brees to be more explosive and and. Maybe the weight he is a big guy for welterweight. Like maybe the weight cut was draining him, but uh, he still has a lot to prove. I think, especially in a new division, uh, before you could you could put him as a as a hot prospect in the in the middleweight division. Um, yeah, as you're saying though, Israel, I don't want these guys push too quick as well. Like you know, just because there's a lack of of depth in the division, like there is in the other two, you don't want to see them thrown to the wolves. In, the UC have like kind of done that with people like Yair, Yair Rodriguez and stuff as well, and in, in lower weights, and it hasn't worked out. And these guys are then out for out for a while afterwards, and the kind of steam of the of the high train is gone. So, um, you see, want to be careful with, with these prospects in these divisions, not to not to throw them to the wolves too early. Like I think they I think they've thrown thrown Darren Hill to the wolves too early as well. To be honest, um, it seems to be coming a uh, it seems to be coming a pattern. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we'll get to the welterweights in a second. But the last thing on this, I suppose, that, that title fight, we kind of skimmed over it there a second ago. Uh, <laughs> you, you all, no, but it was my fault. Joel Mera versus uh, Bobby Knuckles, Robert Whitaker, uh, UFC 225. Uh, you know, obviously they fought there, where, when was it, last year, and Bobby Knuckles won that fight, you know, pretty comprehensively. And I, I think most people would probably favor him to do the same again. But it's, it's definitely an interesting fight again because of just how dangerous Yoel Romero actually is you know that is the one that you okay you make Robert Whitaker a favorite but Yoel Romero could take him out at any, any stage so that you know that for the guys coming up I, I think that's an interesting thing to look at maybe you know who would you rather fight there you know Robert Whitaker is a very tough fight and stuff but Yoel Romero is a guy who you, could make you look good for three rounds and then you know you get the head absolutely knocked yeah. off you so that's uh I think Whitaker is, is improving and uh, I think Yo Romero is kind of he's he's old. I don't think he's I don't think he's getting noticeably worse, but I think he's kind of plateaued a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Whitaker has seemed to be making massive strides, especially in his wrestling game in his last couple of fights. And he was training to he was training with like I think some the Australian Commonwealth team or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he so he's been working hard on, on his wrestling, and he, he I think he needed a surgery even before he fought his last fight. Apparently, so, like I think it just got worse. So. Um, hopefully he'll be back to to. I haven't heard anything about him being re-injured or anything. Hopefully he'll be back to full health after that. What was it? A staff in his in his shoulder. Yeah, or, that yeah, can be really was... bad, and that can that can take a while. So as long as he's over all that stuff and he's he hasn't been just uh, trying to get back in shape from that, and he's been improving and working on stuff in the gym. I, I I expect him to be even better than he was before, and I think he'll have enough. Uh, he's he's an orthodox on the on the feet. I think he's I think he's going to win that, and I, and I think as you said, it'll kind of set up a to kind of give time to the other people in the division to somebody to stand out from the pack. 
Yeah, and then we get to the welterweight division, which, if I'm just looking at the divisions here, I believe it is, isn't it? It's the only division at the moment that has an interim belt, or ha- we'll, we'll have one coming up if everyone can make weight and if the fight can can happen and everything. So but Probably not. <laughs> so probably not, yeah. The, 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 Tyron Woodley's obviously still the champion there. The last time he fought was at UFC 214 in July of last year. He's defending his title three times now, even though one of those was a draw with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson at UFC uh, 205. Uh, and the interim title is going to be uh, far out between Rafael Dos Anjos and Colby Covington here coming up at UFC 225 in a couple of, uh, of weeks time uh, look a lot of, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago but a lot of people were mad maybe about this uh interim belt i'm not too mad about it because i think it just make, makes a clear number one contender for tyron woodley and it's a division that there really isn't any super fights there to be had or you know any big money fights so i think it's, it's grand to do this you're basically as i said just making a new number one contender and how long is woodley going to be out now his shoulder uh, well, he got such shoulder surgery and he was on Joe Rogan experience not that long ago, what, maybe a month ago or something, saying that, you know, he's still a bit from coming back. So, you know, obviously he fought, what was I saying, in July of last year. So it's coming up, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be probably a year, 13 months uh, between his fights. So it's, it's, you know, it's not the most egregious of all time, although it is a bit weird. But the, the, the Sanyos colby fight, that's... It's it's a it's a good fight on, on paper. I know you know Colby is is a good wrestler, not a great boxer. Going to be hard to get Dos Anjos down. Dos Anjos is is pretty well rounded everywhere. But what what are your takes on that fight and the interim belt it, itself? Yeah, um, I think the interim belt thing. I'm just being desensitized to it. It's just that they're mm-hmm. everywhere. They're, they're they don't really mean that much as you're saying. They kind of just mean number one contender, and they mightn't even mean that. You might get stripped of your interim belt for number of reasons um the matchup i think rda i think it's a nice matchup for rda um i know i know coverton's a strong wrestler but i think i think rda uh, he's he's so he's so much better than when he first came into the ufc and he's looking really obviously he he won the belt at, at 55 and and lost it to alvarez after a really bad weight cut moved up to, to, to welterweight and i wasn't sure if that was the right move for him but it's he's looked really good there um i see him just Putting that ridiculous Dasanyos pressure, uh, it's going to be a five rounder. Like Covington looked a bit tired uh, against Demian Maya and was getting was getting was getting lit up on the feet a bit. Like so, uh, I think Ordia maybe he's not the best on the feet uh, for for a title fight. He's not not the best um, for a title contender. Like you know, he's not. He's you. You wouldn't say his uh, boxing or his striking stands out on top of his game, but it's definitely really solid. And he, he's he's put beatings on people. He's put beatings on Anthony. He put a really bad beating on Anthony Pettis that he never really recovered from. Um. So I, I think uh, this is going to be too much for Covington. I think I think RDA's pressuring style is going to outdo uh, Covington. What Covington is trying to do, and I don't think Covington is going to be able, going to be able to uh, to d- dominate in the wrestling. I think he's going to get lit up on the feet and probably probably beaten over five rounds uh comprehensively yeah i'd probably agree with that and i think it's it's actually a very important fight for the welterweight division as well because the welterweight for the last while you know with obviously robbie lawler getting the the, the title taken off him and then stephen thompson having two two shots at it against tyron woodley you know it's kind of been stuck there for a minute but and then a 
a few guys had been around, you know, obviously Dos Anjos and Colby Covington and, you know, Camaroos, man, and Darren Till and, you know, even Mike Perry a little bit there. And people weren't sure who's going to break through from that pack. But this is the fight to prove that, you know, when Dos Anjos, uh, if he wins or if Covington wins, they're obviously the, the one guy you want to fight, Woodley. You know, they have the guy, they're the guy that has broken through from the pack. So I think, you know... I, uh, in that, uh, you know, because of that, I think it's a, it's a good fight and a worthy fight. And you know, if you just ignore the interim belt and think of it that way, I think it's it's grand. But uh, down the division after that, you know, you alluded to it a minute ago. I suppose the other big fight is Darren Till against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. It's going to be tough for Wonderboy to get another title shot if uh, if Tyron Tyron Woodley, uh, you know, re- remains as champion. Obviously, he's going to be fighting the winner of that interim title fight, so it's going to be a year down the line, maybe or wait, eight eight nine months, whatever, um, before he's able to get uh, a shot. But Darren Till. The UFC are probably hoping Darren Till wins that fight, aren't they? So it is that new blood, and they could build to that big title fight because Darren Till seems to be a guy who is really, you know, encapsulating, you know, the 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 fans. And you know, he he did an interview a couple of weeks ago, and was talking about how people are always writing him off and don't like him. And I think it's the exact opposite from what I've seen. You know, we I know we yeah. kind of just read him off there, but wrote him off even. But we're kind of we both picked him, picked him against Cowboy and Cerrone, no problem. Like we 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 kind of saw that coming, and the, we we called how he'd win with the boxing. And I, I don't know if I did. Well, yeah. I did anyway. <laughs> but uh, um, I just think Wonder Boy striking is just uh, is just the best in the division uh, by a good bit, and he's very hard to take down. I don't think Darren Till's takedowns are. He hasn't really gone for them. I don't think they're going to be a problem for for Thompson. Um, so I think this is going to be a striking match, and I think that's bad news for Darren Till. But if he is to win this, then then you know um, he definitely deserves a title shot. But is it a bit too early? Is there any need to rush to rush him? Like you know, as you said, there's a bit of momentum behind him. People are excited about him. They could have given him a nice uh, a nice kind of squash match in in his hometown. Maybe maybe a name that that he has. A, like you know, uh, Mike the, Cerrone, the Cerrone fight would have been yeah, Perry. Like somebody like that, like somebody who people know, like Masvidal, you know, maybe people yeah. don't know Masvidal that well, but he's like beat him easily. Uh, he beat him easily, and um, in my opinion, so I, I think this is they should have waited at least one to give him the Thompson fight, but we'll soon see if he's ready. But uh, I'd be picking Wonder Boy to, to dominate the striking in this one, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, we talked in Middleweight about uh, kind of exciting up-and-comers and leon edwards fighting donald cerrone who you mentioned there as well he could be a big up-and-comer you know he's seven and two now in the ufc so started you know started off with a good record obviously a brother of your boy uh your boy fabian who's is he headlining the upcoming bama card he's on the upcoming bama card in dublin anyway but what do you what about leon edwards because he could he be an x one to break through there maybe you know maybe come up he's uh ranked number 14 now at the moment cowboy cerrone is ranked number 11 is, you think he could be a, a potential guy breaking through there? Obviously, with Us, uh, Usman as well, who's going to be fighting, coming up here, uh, headlining UFC Chile. Is it Damian Maya he's going to be fighting? I think it is. So that, yeah. A couple of interesting fights there as well, isn't there? Yeah, I, th- I think Usman's ahead of him in the in the pecking order. And I think yeah. as long if he beats Maya, um, if he meets Maya comprehensively, he he be he'll have a he'll be well within his rights to call for a title shot. In his next couple of fights, uh, I think Edwards is a few is a couple of fights behind, but he's been putting it together really, really nicely. He seems to to be very well rounded now, and um, he seems to be comfortable in the right. He seems to be comfortable everywhere, and um, I just think there's there's kind of like he needs to he, he needs to kind of um, maybe take him like you know if if he beats Cerrone, that's 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 the biggest win of his career, even though maybe 
you could argue that Tumanov may be a harder matchup, but he's a bigger name, Cerrone. Everybody knows Cerrone. Like, you know, uh, he's been around. He's been on big cards. He's he's high profile. Um, maybe Magni and Gunner, whoever mm-hmm. wins that against Leon Edwards, if Leon Edwards can beat Cerrone. Yeah, that's a, I was just about to mention, there's kind of three other big fights there coming up as well. Magni against Gunnar Nelson, Mike Berry against Yancy Medeiros, and of course, uh, CM Punk versus Mike Jackson. You know, they could all have title <laughs> here coming up uh, coming up over the next uh, couple of weeks. But yeah, I think that Magni-Gunnar Nelson fight is, is an interesting fight as well, especially for Gunnar Nelson. You know, he's a guy who needs that win, you know, badly. He's, uh, you know, he's... There were a lot of talks about him, you know, from obviously the SPG camp and from himself and John Kavanagh and talking about, you know, he, he can beat anyone in the world. He, he's going towards the title. And now he's number 12 in the division, you know, slid down a little bit. Uh, Neil Magny's obviously number nine. If he can win that, he could probably... He was unfortunate, I think, with the, the Ponzinibbio thing. It was There was several clear eye pokes and the ref missed him. And, and doesn't, there doesn't seem to be much point in appealing these things, but yeah, Gunnar appealed and it got turned down. But... Uh, I think Ponzinibbio, because of the, the like nobody really remembers that they just see on the record there's a TKO. So they, I think Ponzinibbio is uh, probably higher in the pecking order than, and then even though he's ranked behind Magni, I'd say he's closer to a title shot than, than all Magni, Gunnar, Leon Edwards, uh, and Cerrone. So like Leon Edwards just got to keep winning against like these guys and the step up in competition like like Donald Cerrone. Like, there's some good matchups here, you know. We're, we're, all these matchups we're talking about in the welterweight division are, are good matchups that I want to see, and they're all fresh as well, which is which is great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll, we'll see who steps out from the pack, and it'll, it'll be more clear then, especially with Usman and Till. I think both of them are, are massive prospects, and I, I think I think the Usman has, or I think Car, Car, how do you say, Camaru Usman, Camaru Usman, yeah, yeah. I think he has the the easier matchup, even though it's it's Demi and Maya, you know. I think. Uh, I think he should probably win that one, and Demi Moy is kind of over the hill, I think, but he's still very dangerous, obviously, and that jiu-jitsu is, is probably the best in the UFC. So I think the, the two standout guys in the division that to keep an eye on are Till and Usman, but they both have stern tests coming up, so it'll tell us a lot about them. Yeah, that's a you know it's a very strong division. You know, at the top with with that interim title fight, you have Usman coming behind, as you said, Till coming behind, Leon Edwards coming behind, even Alex Oliveira, a good few wins recently coming behind, Neil Magny's a good few wins. Now that I think that division is is pretty strong, hundred percent. Right, let's move on to the women's divisions, and first let's get to women's featherweight. And I suppose this is interesting because the first <laughs> is it what? What? The what first ever. Women's featherweight non-title fight is coming up here at UFC 225 where Megan Anderson takes on Holly Holm. And for me, this is the worst matchmaking UFC <laughs> has done in a long... Apart from CM Punk versus Mickey Gall, it's the worst matchmaking in recent memory, I think. It's absolute stupidity, I think. You're looking for fights for Chris Cyborg, right? This is a state of this division. It's not a division. It's Chris Cyborg fighting contenders. Why would you put Megan Anderson into a fight she's going to lose against Holly Holm? Like why? Why would you do that? I I really don't understand it. Just give her cyborg. You know nobody cares. You know you're not building her up. This this is not. You know she beats Holly Holm. Okay, brilliant. But she's not. I I can't see her beating Holly Holm at all. I I think she's no hope against Holly Holm to be honest. They should have. They should have put her in this upcoming uh, tough thing and just had her to destroy all these girls and look like a prospect. But I'm sure Megan Anderson wouldn't want to do that. But um. They, they the next tough co- class call is heavyweights male and and featherweights female. So hopefully they'll find some they'll find they need badly some some fighters. Like if, even when you go to the UFC website or the UFC rankings, there is no rankings. Mm-hmm. It just says no rankings available at this time or something like that. You know, it's, yeah. 
The division doesn't really exist. It's just, can we find somebody to fight Cyborg? Uh, oh, the ultimate fighter, we need a division. Oh, why don't we do this division? Even though you're probably not going to find somebody worthy of, of fighting Cyborg there. At least at least you'll, you'll, you may find somebody half decent or somebody with potential. Yeah, hundred percent. Like looking at uh, looking at this list here that Zen Simon has. You've Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg, Yana Kunitskaya, Megan Anderson, and Leah Letson. I've never even heard of Leah Letson to be honest. I don't even know who that is. So uh, yeah, it's it's this is a weird division. Obviously, the, you know the next the next contender for Chris Cyborg is going to be the winner of that Megan Anderson Holly Holm fight. You'd think that you know the first Holly Holm fight was good, but Chris Chris Cyborg clearly won that. So. That's another reason why booking this Megan Anderson fight was just absolutely stupid, and I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all, to be honest. But um, yeah, I suppose, I suppose that's that. Anyway, let's move on to the women's um, flyweight division. Another one, which really isn't much of a division as of yet. Um, uh, Nico Montano won that belt back in December of 2017, beating Roxanne Madaferi. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko won her debut at that division in February. To the, the third, Ariel Hwani reported a couple of days ago. Well, he didn't report it, but he said the, the, um, the suggestion is they're going to be fighting at the upcoming card in Canada, but that hasn't been made official yet. This division is really, it hasn't got off the ground yet, has it? There, you know, there hasn't been that many, uh, that many fights booked. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a few fights here that are, are coming up. Uh, Liz Carmouche, Jennifer Maya, Jessica I has a fight coming up. Lauren Murphy, Sajara Eubanks, who should have got the title shot, but yeah. she uh, she missed weight. And, and a couple more, Roxanne Metaferi, Bob Honchak, Honchak as well. But this division is still getting off uh, getting off the ground, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like, I don't mean to rag on Roxanne, but when that's your, your inaugural title fight, you, you know there isn't much depth in the division. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. It's just, just they're bringing in these divisions too early. They need to strengthen them in 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 Victor and and bring them in. I think they split it too thin. They need they had they had one division, then they had two, and two just about worked. And now now they have kind of four nearly. They're trying mm-hmm. to make four, and it's just there is just isn't the talent there in the divisions. It, it's treadbare in all the divisions uh, outside of the the top guys. Uh, it's just going to take time. There just isn't the talent there, or the UC just haven't discovered the talent anyway. Um, but m- like I suppose more and more women are getting into MMA since it's become popularized uh, with like people like Gina Carano back in the day, and obviously Ronda Rousey to a bigger extent. Um, so maybe there is an influx coming, but uh, it would want to it would want to come quick. <laughs> Here, here's just the the, uh, the locations for the upcoming fights for the flyweight division. This tells you a story. I think these are all of them now. Everyone, UFC Boise. UFC Singapore, UFC Utica, UFC Singapore, Tough 27 finale, Tough 27 finale, Tough 27 finale, UFC Liverpool, Tough 27 finale, UFC Santiago, UFC Utica, UFC Santiago, UFC Boise, UFC Liverpool. All of them on fight night cards, not one on a pay-per-view card or anywhere near it. You know, so that that tells you a lot about that that division so far. But in fairness, I don't think the division actually is that that awful there's there's some good fighters in that division as i mentioned jerry eubanks is a good fighter barb honjack is a good fighter you know liz carmouche jessica i we know we know them coming down alexis davis as well i see zane has her here joanne calderwood uh you know ashley evan smith and we've molly mccann as well making her debut uh coming up obviously at ufc liverpool as well so it's not the worst division in the world i think there's there's some good talent there but it's just it hasn't got off the ground yet yeah 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 it just doesn't have that that spark, that person who people are are 
are thinking, oh, this person's going to be going to be a future champion or have that dominant champion. Like, uh, like obviously it's a new division, so it's hard to it's hard to have that. But Ioanni and JJ kind of built the built the division. Uh, they built the division around her, and they had her as a long term champion. And she kind of she did the job well. And the same at Ronda Rousey, like she did the job really well. Like was the face of the division and. Um, I suppose Cyborg is 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 the face of the the, the forty five division that kind of isn't really there, but there, there's no real face of this division. Like you know, the the person who was probably going to win it didn't make weight, and then uh, after the fighter, and then yeah, the person who did win it has disappeared off the face of the earth. So it's hard for people to get behind that and that division. Uh, I don't think I don't think most casual fans even know that division exists or could name you anybody from that division. Yeah, hundred percent. And I suppose to get right from that to the strongest uh, division in the UFC, in, in women's division anyway, in the UFC is the the women's uh, strawweight division, where uh, as you mentioned, Yuani and Jacek there uh, fought recently for the second time against Rosnam Yunus uh, and lost that fight. And yeah, two cracking, well, one cracking fight anyway, one cracking. Uh, cracking knockout and there is a kind of a list of contenders uh in that division which you know you could talk about uh coming up uh to fight Rosanam Yunus next obviously Jessica Andrade has won two in a row since uh since losing losing out to uh you know Annie and Jetrix to beat yeah. Torres and Claudia Gadelia Karolina Kovalkiewicz has won two in a row as well uh beating Felice Herrig there a couple of weeks ago and a very good uh a good uh, display as well. She's a win over Rosanam Yunus as well. So a couple of interesting fights there, uh, possibly coming up. You know, you've Gedelia Torres, Esparza as well. Uh, you know, maybe not the best results in the world, but Esparza has been improving again. I think recently after losing the the title fight in a couple after as well. So that division is yeah. is strong enough looking. And uh, Alexa Grasso, Grasso still has a lot of potential, and I think uh, yeah. Tatina Suarez is a strong wrestling base, which is going to cause a lot of trouble for uh, a lot of girls in that division. Joanne Calderwood. She has a lot of potential as well. She just can't seem to put it together and has been unlucky and injuries and a lot of things have gone against her. But there's a few people who could who could step it up in, in the division. So that's probably the most the most stacked women's division at the moment. Yeah, 100%. I, I think it'll probably be Jessica Andrade next. Um, you know, And it's interesting to see where Rosanna Muniz is actually going to go in that division. If she can go on and she can be the next in check and kick on uh, and you know maybe maybe uh, become a, a reigning champion for a long time. And it's interesting as well to see what Ian check will do. You know, we just talked about women's flyweight. Maybe she can go up and fight, uh, fight women's flyweight. You know, if Shevchenko was to win that title against Montano, Shevchenko against... Uh, against Yinjacek is something that could breed huge life into that flyweight division as well. So I think, you know, th- those two divisions coming up in the next year could be could be looking pretty good to be honest. Whereas, you know, the the, the hundred and forty five pound division is kind of uh is kind of a bit of a mess. Uh, <laughs> it isn't a division, yeah. But the, with this tough coming up, maybe they're trying to to make it a, a division. Um and I suppose the last women's division then is uh is women's bantamweight and that has an upcoming title fight uh, as well with uh Jessica uh, sorry with um Amanda Nunes taking on Raquel, Raquel Pennington coming up here at UFC 224 I believe it is next week yeah so uh, yeah that's an interesting fight as well yeah i think um it's not a great card that UFC 224 card but uh mm-hmm. Amanda Nunes has been in a few main events now. People people will know her from uh, the casual fans may know her from the the the, the Ronda Rousey fight, uh, which was obviously a, a good win for Nunes when um, the biggest kind of eyes on her in, in, in that she's had. So it'll be interesting to see what the numbers are. I don't see them being big because I don't think my, many people know who Raquel, Raquel Pennington is outside of the 
the fan base, the um, the UC fan base. But um, looking down the division, Jorane uh, Randomy is at five. Uh, haven't heard anything about her fighting. She hasn't hasn't got a fight coming up, has she? Uh, no, it doesn't look I like think, it here. No, I think I think Injury. she has a lot of potential. Yeah. I think she has a lot of potential, but doesn't seem to be i don't know if she's if she wants to fight i think she she wants more money or i don't know what the problem is and why she wouldn't fight cyborg i didn't don't know what she thought was going to happen when, when if she won the belt against holly home she just like they were obviously the division was for cyborg i don't know i don't know what was going on there people like cats and kind of never lived up to their potential sam mcmahon same thing betch cohea just Rubbish. limited ability yeah Kellen mm. Vieira though is good. I like Kellen Vieira. She's a you know she's a few wins recently. Uh, she beat Katzengano, I believe, last time out. So she's yeah. someone who could be you know who could be coming up there. Um, what this this title fight is is a bit of an odd one because the last time um, Raquel Pennington fought was you know that, how long ago was it? USC two to five, I believe. We we're talking about it before the podcast against Misha Tate in November two thousand and sixteen. You know as long as Conor McGregor, which we'll get to in a few minutes. But I know she won four in a row before that, but that's. You know, that's tough to build a fight when you're coming off that far. I believe she broke her leg as well. You know, Shevchenko hasn't fought, or, or sorry, Nunes hasn't fought since she fought Shevchenko in September 2017. So, yeah. you know, she's coming up in six nine and five as well. as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think Pennington definitely deserved the shot at the time. But it's it's like this Tyron Woodley case when he got the title shot at the time. It was just a weird time. And I know he went on to win it and defend it a few times. But yeah. it, it, it is a bit of a weird one that, you know, usually when we get someone coming in to challenge a dominant champion like Amanda Nunes has been, you know, and obviously she's, you know, she beat Shevchenko or Androsi Misha Tate uh, in, in her three title fights and beat Valentina Shevchenko again before that and Sarah McMahon uh, and, and WWE NXT champion Shayna Baszler as well. Another, uh, another big win there but yeah. for her to be challenged by someone who hasn't fought in nearly a year and a half is is tough yeah i think raquel Pennington is kind of one of them who who kind of fights at the level of her opponent so i don't know if she's gonna be able to step it up here we'll soon see but uh if you look at her uh, even the losses she has their their split decisions against holly home and jessica andrage and she ended up uh choking uh, jessica andrage uh for some second round submission and when they had a rematch and that, since but besides besides those two split decision losses, she hasn't lost since the the Ultimate Fighter, uh, which was which was what five years ago now. So you can kind of forget about everything before that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she she has done well, but as you said, she's been in, she's been inactive. Um, and I don't think anybody was really like calling for the title shot. But uh, if you look at the division, Drain Randomy is injured or or not fighting. Um, Pena just had a setback there recently. Holly Holm. Don't see that again so soon. Um, this is nobody really else. Caitlin Vieira, as you say, but she kind of she probably need a couple, another couple of wins or another win at least. Uh, there's no real hype behind her either. So I think we're up anything actually makes sense, but um, a couple of uh, there's just no, nothing really else. A, co- a couple of the people around uh, had setbacks, so uh, the division's kind of bare at the at the top of it at the moment. There's there's not much going on, so I think I think I don't think many two, two, two people are going to be getting too excited about Amanda Nunes versus Raquel Pennington, but uh, you got to make some kind of matchup, and this is the one they've gone with, and I think it's probably the best of a bad bunch. Yeah. Um, speaking of maybe, well, maybe not the best of a bad bunch, but the, the men's flyweight division then is another one that's in a kind of a weird state at the moment. You know, Demetrius Johnson was <laughs> we we all thought he was going to fight uh, T.J. Dillashaw. 
and uh, maybe at 125 or maybe a catchweight or maybe 135. But that hasn't materialized. TJ Dillashaw, which we'll get to in a second, is fighting Cody Garbrandt. And it looks like Demetrius Johnson is going to fight Henry Cejudo in a rematch, although he's he had shoulder surgery as well. And uh, I don't think he'll be back for maybe another you know couple of months. I'm not a doctor or anything, but I, I don't know about that. But well, I think a little bit like Carmia. You know, it would have been okay for him to move out and let the division kind of, uh, kind of filter itself out a bit. You're looking at a couple of fights coming here. Joseph Benavidez is coming back, uh, to fight Sergio Pettis at UFC 225 coming up here. He hasn't fought since December 2016 when he beat Henry Cejudo. You know, you've Brandon Moreno against Ray Borg. Justin Scoggins is fighting Saeed Nurmagomedov. Uh, you know, and there's a you know a couple of more fights uh, coming up there. But it's it's kind of a pity in one way, isn't it? That that super fight never materialized. Yeah, I think I think it's Demetrius Johnson kind of cleared out the division. I think if he moved up and and won the belt, he could he could move back down. I don't think I don't think he's I don't think he's gonna have a problem like um, a case where maybe what GSP in the past said like if he, if he moved up, he wouldn't be able to move back down again because it would be too hard on his body. I don't think that's the case with Demetrius Johnson. So uh, he's already broken the the consecutive title defenses uh, record for Madison Silva, hasn't he? Uh, he's is he level with it now? I thought he no, broke he's it. broken it. Yeah, he did break it. Yeah. yeah right. So, so he's kind of he's already done that. What he what he kind of set out to do uh, there. Obviously, he'd like to extend that, but I think the the more interesting fight uh, definitely is uh, well, even even if it isn't TJ, even Cody Garbrandt or, or Dominic Cruz would be great again. But I think the title obviously adds a, a much more of an excitement to it and would be much more appealing to me to Demetrius Johnson as well. Um, yeah. I'm surprised it didn't happen. Um, Dana seemed to want it to, seemed to want it to happen. TJ seemed to be all up for it. So I don't know. Maybe it was a money thing. It probably was. But um, I, I I think see the, the contender that I think can potentially. I don't think I don't think he will beat him. But uh, the, the guy who has the best chance of beating Demetrius Johnson in flyweight is Henry Henry Cejudo. But if you put him in there too soon, then he's lost twice and kind of stuck in a situation like Wonder Boy where. You may be the second best or the, or the, the second best in the division, but you're you're probably not going to get a title shot. Yeah, I I agree with you, and I think I don't think that's the right fight to make next. I think I think Juicy Farmiga is the fight to make make next. I know he's only won two in a row, and you know he lost the pseudo, mm. lost to Ray Borg as well. But he's never fought Demetrius Johnson before. You know he's kind of an older guy. He's at the top of his yeah. uh, you know he's, he's thirty two now. I think there's no problem giving Cejudo you know, a bit of a break. Plus, he is only, what, he's only won two against uh, Wilson Hayes and Sergio Pettis. He's 2-1 and one beating Joseph Benavides, losing to Joseph Benavides, sorry, since he lost to Demetrius. So, I, I agree with you. I think he, the best, apart from, um, apart from uh, Horiguchi, who's not in the UFC, I think he's probably the, the biggest challenger and the best challenger for Demetrius Johnson. So, don't waste that, John. Don't do it too quickly. It's only, it's only two years this week or last week since uh, since he lost to Dimitri Johnson. So take your time, give him a chance, give him another fight to get back in there. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen uh, at the moment. What do you think about Joseph Benavides coming back? You know he's fought him twice as well, so he's in that situation we're talking about. Hiner Cejudo maybe getting to. I've always thought that that fight should be made again. Uh, the, the Joseph Benavides fight. Obviously he went out with a bit of with a, with a bad injury. He's won what one, two, three, four, five, six in a row since losing to Demetrius Johnson the last time. You know, beat Ali Bagatino, John Moraga, Henry Cejudo. You know, John Moraga now as well as another one. He mentioned one, three in a row. Beat, beat uh, Wilson Hayes and uh, Bibiolatov in his last couple of fights. So, well, what about those two, Demetrius or uh, Joseph Benavides, John Moraga? 
Yeah, um, Benavidez is going to uh, like he's coming back from a bad knee injury. I think it was an ACL, t- a completed ACL surgery, and all that. Mm-hmm. So, I think he's going to need a warm up or, or two before well, he put him in there. Find Sergio Pettis, UFC two to five. Yeah, um, I don't think a win over Sergio Pettis is enough to to get you into title shot when you've already lost twice to the champion. But the, the, there isn't much there. There isn't much there that he hasn't already done. Demetrius Johnson hasn't already beaten. So I think your call up for Mega, you can. You you could you can envision maybe if Formiga was to get his back, he could probably finish him. So at least there's a possibility, a meta, possible method of victory. Even though it's, I think it's very unlikely that Demetrius Johnson would lose in a, uh, that that way to Formiga. But it, it's it's not a complete squash match where there is a potential win there. So I think yeah, I think Formiga actually makes sense. He hasn't fought him as you said. Okay, he's only got two wins, but um, just let the division develop a bit. Um, Let's Hudo kind of build himself back up a bit more, um, and then because Cejudo, you probably want Cejudo to be to fight Benavidez down the line before he fights uh, Demetrius Johnson as well. Yeah, maybe even though he beat him, but it, it's hard to, with the Benavidez because you know he's been out for uh, for so long, and you know, you kind of forget those fights and forget the win streak as well. You know, and when he wins one more, you're adding that to the win streak, and you know it's hard to take his title shot away from him. But the fact he has been out so long is a is a bit of a weird one, all right. But that that's another vision that you know over the next couple of weeks, and by the time we do this show again, I think it will have moved on because it's been stagnant for for so long. Um, one thirty-five. Then, as we as we round this out with the the last uh, the last three divisions here, uh, and this is another one that maybe has been stagnant for uh, for a little bit. TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt are going to be rematching. I suppose Rafael Asensio was a guy that's sticking out after that. He's won three in a row, beat Aljamain Sterling, Sergio Morais, uh, or Marlon Morais even amongst that. He's fighting Rob Font coming up here at UFC 226. Obviously, the TJ Dillashaw Cody Garbrandt fight is at UFC 227. You've Brian Lineker versus John. Uh, or Brian Kelleher, sorry, against John Lineker, two good, two good Irishmen there fighting the <laughs> UFC, uh, fighting the UFC two two four. Nathaniel Wood is making his debut coming up. Uh, Jimmy Rivera versus Marlon Moraes is a huge fight for that division as well. And uh, you've you've a couple more Davey Grant, Manny Bermudez, and a couple of a couple of fights like that. Uh, Johnny Eduardo is fighting as well uh, as I mentioned against uh, against Nathaniel Wood. So there, look, there's tr- maybe three fights there around the top of the division with Moraes Rivera, the title fight. And uh, Rafael Asensio versus versus Rob Font, which could produce contenders for the winner of that. It's mm. it's a good it's a good division, but one that doesn't really you know it doesn't really garner that much excitement, does it? Apart from the the, the good title fight which is coming up. Yeah, well, like Asensio, he's just not that exciting, and he kind of drags people into into these kind of tactical fights, and just it's kind of scrappy and not great to look at. So I don't think they're going to be rushing to give him a title shot. Um. Marlon Morais, like if he can, if he can put another spectacular KO or two together, he he could be he could be a, a fresh face for for TJ. Uh, but I think the Dominic Cruz, the the Cody Garbrandt rematches um, are, are exciting. The fights that people can get behind. I think people know know people know Dominic Cruz. I think people know Cody Cody Garbrandt as well. Um, Looking down the division, like great win there for Sterling against. Uh, and he against, called out, yeah, he uh, called out Dominic Cruz as well. Yeah, uh, maybe that's that's a fight that could happen. You know, uh, Dom, uh, he was a guy who was just about to get to Dom. What do you do with Dominic Cruz now? Do you do that Algerman Sterling fight? Mm, I think oh, you yeah. just give him the winner. To be honest, you know, 
as you mentioned there, Asensio, you know, he's good and he's he's stuck himself out, but he hasn't stuck himself out enough, you know, especially... He has a win over TJ as well already, doesn't he? Dominic does, yeah. Asensio, no, uh, he's, one and, he's one and one with TJ, I believe, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Dominic has a win over TJ. If TJ wins again, you know, you can make that. I think you can make that fight straight away, even though Dominic's coming yeah. off. John but, Dodson uh, also has a win over TJ, a TKO, even if it was a very early stoppage uh, and mm -hmm. the tough finale. He's looking at free agency, so he might be gone. Um, I don't, yeah, I think we were saying on the podcast last week, I don't think he's, I think he should be down at a flyweight. I think you were saying that as well. Mm -hmm. um, Brian Carraway doesn't he really seem interested in. He doesn't really seem interested in fighting top guys as well. He seems to like to kind of likes to pick certain matchups. Um, Thomas Almeida hasn't really been the prospect. He's just too hittable. Like he's exciting, but when you're that hittable, it's tough, and you take damage, and you can't take that damage for long, even if you are a young fighter. And then obviously people like like Brett Johns is coming off a loss, and Eddie Wineland is is not the same Eddie Wineland from from back in WEC days. So there's some there's some there's some good there's some good matchups there at the top, but um there's no real there's no real um obvious matchups uh, obvious matchups um at the top bar the bar the rematches mm -hmm. yeah who do you think takes that rematch i i i picked cody first time although i was very torn and i was going to tj a lot of the time <sighs> it's another one again it's going to be i think it's going to be 50 50 again i'm probably mm -hmm. going to pick tj uh, I just think he's a he's a more well-rounded fighter. Although Cody hits I'm very gonna, hard, I'm probably going to pick Cody. I think it was kind of going the way I thought it would go until it until he until it did. Yeah, that's true. The first yeah. time <laughs> he was doing kind of just winning a little bit, just, just edging it, landing harder shots, but then he just got dropped, and I think the, the fight was stopped a little early. But uh, but um, it was it was he was definitely stunned hard from that that shot from TJ. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, let's get to the the featherweight division, and I suppose that division is kind of. For a long time, it was, uh, I know I've said it long, uh, many times in this podcast, was in a state of flux, but now it's actually coming together. And maybe this is this is one of the most stable divisions, I think, in the UFC, even though Max Holloway almost fought for a lightweight title a couple of weeks ago. But the fact that, uh, the fact <laughs> that he didn't... As any division can be in the UFC. True. The fact that he didn't, uh, it kind of saved a little bit. Like He's obviously fighting Brian Ortega coming up here at UFC 226. Jose Aldo's fighting uh, Jeremy Stevens as well. Frankie Edgar just fought against Cub Swanson last week. We have Mirsad Bektic versus Ricardo Lamas, UFC 225, and obviously Darren Elkins as well, who is six in a row now, being the likes of Michael Johnson, Dennis Bermudez, and the, the aforementioned Mirsad Bektic. Your boy, your boy. Uh, you can, like, I, him the big sell there. You just mentioned the real name, and you were like mentioning his like achievements. Six in a row. Chad Mendes coming back as well. Uh, not too far away. There are talks about Yair Rodriguez against Zabit Magomed Sharapov, who I like very much. Uh, Jason Knight's fighting Makwan Amir Khani as well coming up uh, at UFC Liverpool. You know, this this division is is shaping up pretty well, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. It's probably. As you say, it was kind of a bit stale until until Connor came along, and then it became a bit of mayhem for a while, and then it, and then it kind of <laughs> and then it's it's freshened it up though. Uh, okay, Aldo Aldo was brilliant at the top of for WEC and for UFC at 145 for years, but it was kind of assumed that all the title fights, it was kind of you kind of knew Aldo was going to win them for there for a good ten years, and and he did pretty comfortably. A lot of time he didn't even really get out of second gear. So it's definitely nice to have it freshened up. Max Holloway, like we we've watched him from since he was like twenty, I think, maybe even younger in the UFC, and watched him evolve up through up through the years. And he, he's a, he's a completely different fighter than when he first came in. 
and I think Ortega is a great prospect. Like when you're that good at jiu-jitsu, I think I think his jiu-jitsu is up there with the best in the UFC. We haven't seen as much of it as maybe people like Maya and Jack Ray and stuff, but I think I think it might be up there up there with them, maybe even better. Uh, he he just looks really really dangerous. Like even the readjustments he made against Cub Swanson in that in that uh, guillotine was it Cub Swanson? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he just it was just looked really high level and looked like it looked like there's no way uh, of getting out of that. And Cub Swanson, I, it was Cub Swanson. And Cub Swanson said he thought he, thought he was going to die. <laughs> it was that tight. So you, you know, uh, fighters don't really say that kind of thing, and um, if it's not true, um, yeah, and then you have like yeah, the Korean Zombie coming back. That he's a great new, he's a great reintroduction to the division. Um, some new fans mightn't even have ever seen him. Some people who've who've come along in the McGregor era, maybe. Haven't haven't even seen Korean Zombie bar maybe that one uh, knockout win he had there on his return, and then obviously your boy Darren Elkins, your your boy Mirsad Bektic, your boy Magomed, your, your all your boys are in the Duho Choi. It just, it just Sean just loves this division. I do. I absolutely love Federer. But do you know what's going to happen now? Frank Edgar's going to get a title shot. He'll win. Then Jose Aldo will win fights, and it's going to be Frank Edgar versus Jose Aldo for the title again next year. If those two lads retire, this would be the best division in the UFC. Like it really would. It's just our friend. You mentioned it last week. I think Jose Alda needs to move up, and I know he's fighting Jeremy Stevens here, which is a, a good fight. There's nothing wrong with that, so that's fine. But Frank Edgar, you know, just keep those two lads away from the title as much as you can. Uh, and I think this, on Frank Edgar. Uh, this is a great him. division. It's just this division needs to move on from that. It really, really does. But uh, yeah, I I'm not a hater. I like Frank Edgar. He's a good fighter, but his time has passed. He's not going to beat Max Holloway. Uh, he just got knocked out viciously by Brian Ortega. So let's move on. Let's move on from him. And let's move on from that division. We talked about it uh, enough now. And our last division is probably the most exciting, mad, insane <laughs> division in the UFC. We leave the best to last. And it's the, also the one with uh, the, the least amount of... Uh, of knowledge of what's actually going to be doing. I'm not looking through the fights here that, that are made up, and then let me see ones the guys that are kind of ranked that, that fights that are happening. I'm looking through Glesson T. Ball is a fight, Nick, Nick Lintz is a fight, Bobby Green is a fight, um, uh, Mark T. Casey is a fight coming up, David Timor is a fight coming up. Not, that's about it. There's none of the big, the best guys in that division uh, ranked. You know, Justin Gaethje obviously just lost. Conor McGregor, we haven't seen him in in uh, when is it? Uh, UFC two hundred five in November two thousand sixteen. Tony Ferguson, we haven't seen him since he beat Kevin Lee in October two thousand and seventeen. He's injured uh, as well. Obviously, McGregor is, was away boxing, and we don't know what he's doing now. Habib Nurmagomedov just fought last week uh, to win the title against Ally Quinta oh, in a. In a in a hastily put together fight, uh, Eddie Alvarez is there doesn't have a fight matched up at the moment, so it's it's madness that this division really isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, you have you also have people like James Vick there who who nobody seems to want to fight as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Just outside of these guys, it's a really stacked division. Like Michael Chiesa is good as well. Oya Quinta proved that he's that he's a really good fighter again against Habib on short notice. Uh, Pettis is at twelve, a former champion. Okay, he's probably. Never going to put it together again, but he's a he's a dangerous guy for for to fight as well, especially on the feet. Um, like Edson Barboza, Justin Gaethje, Nate Diaz to return at some stage. I think Ariel was talking on the MAB. And he says he he's he, he's uh he's expecting Diaz to he already heard Diaz wants to fight, so hopefully that's true, and hopefully Diaz will get back in there against somebody. 
Uh, he's been waiting for McGregor, but he can't wait forever. And there's money on the table, and I think he should take it. And, and hopefully, hopefully he will. And there's loads of great matchups for for Diaz. Like he's gonna he's gonna bring a, a really good freshness to the division. Uh, he's been missed. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so um, Felder as well. He's putting together recently. He looks he looks much better. Um, he looks like he's recaptured that kind of killer instinct or that kind of. Um, he looks he looks aggressive again. Poirier, obviously, you mentioned he's looking the best he's ever looked in his career, probably at the yeah. moment. The division is absolutely fucking stacked. Yeah, the division is brilliant, but it's just there's nothing going on in it. Like you know, all the guys you mentioned, there, even Joe Duffy, like you know, people like Joe Duffy, like you know, not even in the top fifteen at the moment. Like there's great talent in this division. Yeah, hundred percent. Like if McGregor, like okay, if if McGregor's coming back and he's fighting, if this court guess gets over him, or if they, he can fight during the court guess, or while it's going on, or whatever. Obviously, Conor McGregor versus Habib Nurmagomedov is the fight we everyone wants to see. Let's be honest here. You know, McGregor is the the lineal champion. Let's say, God, he's he's this, has he even got stripped yet? He probably he I suppose he has. Oh, and yeah, Habib Nurmagomedov <laughs> is the champion. You know, Tony Ferguson is there as well, but Tony Ferguson's going to be out long term with that injury. It looks really bad. He I don't think we'll see him again this year. So you can kind of write him off for the moment. Uh, then after that, you've, as you mentioned, Al- Alvarez and Poirier there. Maybe it's time to make that rematch again. You know, that ended in, in very odd circumstances. If not, I'd be happy enough with the two of them to get a title shot, either one of them. Uh, if um, if McGregor doesn't come back, I'd give it to Poirier, to be honest, before before Alvarez, because I think Poirier was winning that fight, and he's won three fights, you know, one before and two after, beating uh, Pettis and Gaethje. I know uh, Eddie Alvarez has beaten Gaethje as well, but, I, 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 you know, he had the title not too long ago, lost it in dominating fashion to Conor McGregor. I'd be all right. I think... Um, I think Dustin Poirier is a man there that, that would deserve a title shot and could get it. You know, Kevin Lee looked absolutely phenomenal as well, beating Edson Barboza last week. You know, as I mentioned, Barboza and Gaethje as well. Uh, you know, you talked about Nate Diaz there. There's so many good fights for Nate Diaz. If, you know, if he was come back at the end of the year, maybe Tony Ferguson would be there. Eddie Alvarez uh, against Nate Diaz is a rivalry that's been going on for a long time. You know... You, it's it's just a brilliant division. I, I I agree with you, James Vick. James Vick is the coming man. You know, he reminds me a little bit of Cameron Usman. Not in his ability, his uh, his game planning or his ability or his you know the way he fights or anything. But I think he's just kind of avoided and dangerous and waiting for his time. I think he's ready. You know, he we talked about uh, you know, Rodriguez and, and other guys, Darren Till like that before. Maybe not ready. I think James Vick is ready. You know, he's ready for a big fight. For you know. A, 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 a Poirier or an Eddie Alvarez or something like that. And it's going to be hard for them guys maybe to fight down. But yeah, that's you know that's the division is so good. Paul Feller, as all you mentioned, that that's a man who has improved so much recently. I can't. It's hard to stress how much Paul Feller has actually improved recently because I thought he was a guy who was who was going to be like a pot shot or who you know was maybe turned into a bit of a journeyman in the UFC who slid down the rankings, but he's not. He really isn't. He's turned into a a ranked guy who's moving upwards and getting better all the time. And uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of interesting fights for him there as well. There's, you know, other guys. Like like, people like Daniel Hooker, who's looking great Mm -hmm. recently. I don't know how he ever made 45, uh, 145 pounds. He looks, he looks big and and strong at 155 pounds. You got Habilov. I think he's injured at the moment, but he's another contender coming up. Um, Obviously, we mentioned Joe Duffy. Uh, he lost it to Michael Vick. But Michael Vick is a very awkward matchup, and I think Duffy was doing very well in the first round. So, like, this is definitely, I think, it's got to be the most stacked division uh, that you see have. Uh, you got v- Lando Venata has always got crack as well. Maybe he hasn't got that many wins, but I think you mentioned David Teamer as well. He's, I think he's brilliant fighter, undefeated Excellent. in the UFC. Great Muay Thai. Okay, maybe Muay Thai is. is 
isn't working at the top level as much as it used to. But he he seems re, he seems like a real problem for for a lot of people in the division. Gregor Gillespie, you know, he's he's four zero in the UFC as well. He's he has potential. Mark Jacquesi, okay, he's he's lost he's lost two of his five UFC fights, but I think he's got a lot of talent and he he could put it together as well. And uh, there's just a load of fighters that the UFC have on the books that are that are top level or potential to be top level. Yeah, 100% couldn't agree more. Definitely the strongest division and one that needs to be uh to be ranked. Here here we finish it up on this. If you had to rank, uh, if you had to match make three fights in the UFC lightweight division or in the rankings, what would your three fights be? They have to be in the rankings. Well, they don't have to be in the rankings. Whatever wherever you want. All right. Um Habib and Connor. Mm-hmm. Um hmm. There's so many good matchups here. Um, ooh, Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson. Yeah, <laughs> those, those were going to be two of my three. Go on. Uh, ooh, um, Justin Gaethje and Kevin Lee. I like I like all those fights. I, you know what? I, I fight I'd like to see. I'd like to see um, Eddie Alvarez versus Paul Felder. I think that'd be. As one of the top three. Be, yeah, well, maybe not as one of the top three. You kind of mentioned two of the three I'd say there, but uh, Aldo, I'd like, Aldo, I'd like Aldo in there as well. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you could, if he's on the rankings, but we could, I could, I could, I could see a good few nice matchups for Aldo that I'd love to see. Yeah, there's there's so many great fights there. You know, even even um, Paul, have they fought? I don't have no Paul Felder against James Vick as well could be another good fight. You know, Daniel, as you mentioned, Daniel Hooker as well against Paul Felder. He called him out on the microphone, which is absolutely yeah. brilliant. I think yeah, they kind of yeah. have to make that fight now because Felder accepted it and stuff. So, yeah, very very interesting. Let us know, uh, people, comment uh, at Severe May um, Pod over on Twitter. Yeah, if you could make three um, matchups in the lightweight division, mm-hmm. and you can bring Aldo, you can bring people in that could realistically uh, fight in the division in as well. So yeah, tweet yeah. them to us. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Or put them over on, on Patreon if you're if you're over there. So yeah, that's it. We've we've covered all the divisions there. Uh, that was that was pretty interesting. I I enjoyed that, uh, and it's something we'll do probably probably once every month, once every uh, six weeks uh, or so. Thanks to everyone who's listening to this on Patreon. Thanks for signing up. If you're listening to this on our normal feed, um, sign up on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast. It's f- I believe you said it was four euro and six cent per month. So that's I do a live check while you show it on. Do it, yeah. So if you sign up for Patreon, you're going to get the the main podcast on early access uh, every week. It's probably like an hour before it comes out for everyone. You'll have things like this the day before. You know, big interviews. We usually have them uh, early access over there, or just on on Patreon themselves. I have the rewatch on Patreon every week, which is just for Patreon. We, I have the Q&A after the, the main podcast every week. That's only on Patreon as well. Uh, and we have loads of other stuff. You know, we did a, a live uh, podcast about the Liverpool-Roma game the other day. We'll probably do another one for the second leg. Uh, I've bought her coming on as well again soon to talk about WWE. And we'll probably talk about Brock Lesnar's future. Now, he had a breaking news about Brock Lesnar's future so uh, a couple of weeks ago. So we'll see what he says next about Brock Lesnar coming back. So I'll probably have him on in the next week as well uh, and stuff like that. So it's... It's well worth signing up, to be honest. So sign up. Four, four euro and twelve cent at the moment. Uh, at at four sixteen on the twenty eighth of April. Beautiful. Sign up patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. All right, everybody. 
thanks uh, for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for signing up if you're on Patreon. Uh, we'll be back next week with our normal uh, podcast episode 161. So fire in your questions for that as we work up towards UFC 224. That's it. We'll see you. Goodbye. God bless. We'll see you next week.